and what else did I do? Um, I made a banana bread. <laughs> Everyone's making fucking banana bread. Yeah, I think banana bread as well. And I've seen lots of other people on social media sites using making banana bread. of the isolation sessions brought to you by James and Liam Show and Tell. Oh, I nearly forgot the name. <laughs> My name. It's been, it's been so long since we did that. <laughs> 2018. Yeah, I, I'm James. Uh, and I'm Liam. Hello. Hello. And, Hello. Uh, yeah, we're now week two of government mandated isolation. Um, never thought I'd say that. It's always been a dream of a nice authoritarian government telling us how to live our lives, but... Um, <laughs> and now I'm, we're actually I'm, having to live under this iron fist. I'm thriving in this in, the, in these circumstances. Um, yeah, we're in week two. Um, the clock's turned last weekend, and now we've actually got British summer arriving. It's a balmy 21 degrees here in southeast London. Um, I've been sat on my balcony all morning. It's been rather pleasant. Good. Well, I can't, I, can't, I can't really tell you what the weather's like in terms of temperature here, but it's nice. Blue skies. I'm sat in the kitchen. No, in the dining room at the moment, dining room table, and there's not a cloud in the sky. So it's lovely. Lovely. You can't ask for more than that, can you? Can't ask for more. Sorry, just had a burp. I, had a, I just had a fry up, actually. So I've had, a, I've had a really lovely morning. I'm going to rave about it a little bit. So I woke up at a pleasant half past eight. Um, it's nice and early for a Sunday. Uh, yeah, I don't like laying around in bed. I like getting up. Although I did have a bit of a, a stress because my... Uh, so I, I use nasal strips when I go to sleep to keep my nasal passages open because otherwise I can't breathe. Um, that stop yourself from snoring. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they do stop me snoring as well. Mm. And they also just, like, stop me, like, waking up in the morning with a throat, like, so fucking dry. <laughs> like, the Sahara Desert. So, um, yeah, so I use these nose strips, but it had fallen off, and the other day it fell off, and it was stuck to my back, <laughs> and I didn't know. So, <laughs> so I was, like, panicking, trying to find it again. Not that it really matters, but I was like, oh, shit, where's it gone? And then I couldn't find it, and was worried that I swallowed it, but for some reason it was, like, over the other side of the room, so I must have flung it. <laughs> yeah, which is really weird. Um, so that was, a, that was a strange start to the day, and then, yeah, and then I just went outside and sat and, and read a book about football tactics. Um, Oh, what book you read is uh the one about football tactics i can't think what it's called um oh the mixer yeah that's it yeah yeah which is uh which is fun and then yeah and then just had had a fry up um to make it yourself yeah and it... what's that is that did you make it yourself oh yeah 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 completely had although i oven cooked the bacon for the first time and it burnt um, nah, so that was nah, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> but I but I also but I had hash browns in and we only have like an oven grill all in one, so mm-hmm. you can't do that. Can't do two things at once. So there you go, that was my morning. An unnecessarily boringly long story. <laughs> <laughs> love a good love a good fry up though, so Yeah, yeah, it's always nice. And it's just nice to have a fry up like mm. can't do anything else, so might as well cook some food. Um Right, so we've got lots planned today. Um, we've actually put some planning into it, or Liam's put some planning into it, um, which is nice. So we've got a couple of things. the first time we've talk. ever done a running order for the show. So. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
it is but we didn't we didn't um outline what we wanted to talk about in the intro is why which is why it's gone so awry <laughs> gone all over the place um, <laughs> So, and it also, it's just been me talking. It's been a monologue. Liam, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's not been so. This morning was weird. Um, well, I, at the start of, I think it was the start of last week, um, we've got, uh, I found out that a couple of doors down, there's a uh, quite an old, I don't, I don't know, it's kind of it's mean to call her old, but she's basically an old lady with, who's just recovered from cancer. So I dropped off one of those little cards with my, no, my mobile number on it and just said that, like, if you need anything from the shops, like, I'll go and get it because we live around the corner from the Sainsbury's, but she's not allowed to leave the house so like I did a good deed this morning I went and did a shopping for her um and they've got like this morning um as I went to Sainsbury's obviously the they don't open till 11 I turned up at like half past 10 and the line outside the door is just because everyone's two meters apart it's snaked all the way around the perimeter of the car park so I was in line for like 45 minutes to an hour to do what was in like in the end about five minutes of shopping so that was kind of that was kind of my morning this morning um, and then I made some lunch um, and then sat down to do this throughout the week, I guess. We've not really done too much. I got um, put on the old furlough scheme this week. So although last week you went through, well, last week you went through your little schedule for the week um, and how you were trying to plot out your days. Like I did mine this week um, and did no stick. Well, I, I, tried, I tried to stick to it. I got, I got through Monday, Tuesday, and then it kind of went awry. On Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I just ended up watching a lot of. Um, what did I finish? I finished off uh, season one and half of season two of Sunderland till I die because that got released on Netflix. So I binged a lot of that this week. Nice. Um, and what else did I do? Um, I made a banana bread. <laughs> Everyone's making fucking banana bread. Yeah, I think banana bread as well. And I've seen lots of other people on social media sites using making banana bread. What, yeah. why? I don't understand why banana Why? Bread. Because uh, I think the, it, it's a relatively easy thing to make. I had a load of wanky, mouldy bananas around the house. And at the, like it seems like everyone is, a lot of blokes are reaching, it's like a crossroads where it's either shave your head or bake banana bread. And at the moment, I've just done the banana bread. But that's not to say that I won't shave my head at some point because, fuck me, I, I, my hair is a mess at the moment. I need to go back to the barbers. Yeah, that's true. I feel that. My, I did dye my hair. Though, did you? What, black? Oh, just to get rid of the old greys <laughs> yeah ah, those like dark brownie black but that's the first time I've done that in months and it looks luscious now <laughs> nice nice yeah well I got my hair cut just before the quarantine because I kind of saw mm. it coming and I was like yeah, I'll go and get it done um should have just got it really short but oh well we live and we learn um yeah in terms of schedule because I know we set that as a task yeah mine was fucked up as well because I'm gonna have a moan now which is much yeah go for it this me. is the platform for it yeah, but Sports Direct, fucking hate them. <laughs> like, at the best of times, I hate Sports Direct. Because you go, firstly, it's a honey trap, right? You go in there and you want to get, like, a pair of football socks and you come out with a dartboard, a and new all sorts of random sales shit. A new rucksack, a couple of, like, Lonsdale gym t-shirts, and you're just like, yeah, it's unnecessary for starters. Mm. Uh, but B, like, they have terrible customer service. At the moment, I'm trying to find... And you should know that for a shop where the kills are at the back of the shop rather than at the front. <laughs> like, <laughs> they clearly hate customers. <laughs> That's the case. But like, at the moment, I've ordered some gym gear, which we spoke about last week. And I was really excited because it was out for delivery. And I think it might have been... I might have complained that it had just been like waiting to be delivered last weekend. Anyway, Monday or Tuesday, we got, I got a notification that Hermes were delivering. And then it came. And 
all it was was a foam roller, which was only one of the six items I ordered. So for the rest of the week, I've been sending um, sort of kind of aggressive, but also some passive aggressive emails to the customer service, um, uh, like email address or website form on uh, a sports direct like five a day what you've been sending five emails a day yeah asking where stuff is <laughs> and they haven't got back to me yet um but i do keep getting automated text messages i got one the other day which said hold on i'll read it oh just to say that they just, are they're looking for your item or whatever like it will be delivered eventually no, it's like, thank you like for ordering sense. from Sports Direct. We are currently experiencing high volumes of orders. Your order has mm. been confirmed and we will dispatch it as soon as possible. We expect your order to be with you within the next seven to ten working days. Thanks for your patience at this time. And mm. then I, I messaged back saying, I've just received a text message from you, um, but it didn't sound like it came from a person. Please, can a human reply to me? And I just keep asking for a human to reply to me. That's <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> um, I'm hoping Talk I'll get my to a human. <laughs> but yeah, okay, okay. yeah. So my shit hasn't come, and I'm annoyed, and I can't can't do can't do my exercises until yeah. it's came. Although um tomorrow I'm just gonna lay a bath mat down on the floor instead. Oh, you'll be fine with that. I think we've got like a shaggy rug in the in the living room that I've been doing a lot of yoga on. So you'll be fine. Yeah. I don't like Sports Direct is one of the, I guess I think I've earmarked like three companies now that like I just won't be spending money with anymore after this just purely because of how shitty they've been doing this whole thing. So Sports Direct, obviously, trying to keep their shops open as they sent, like, calling themselves essential service and stuff. So they don't really think they treat their staff very well and blah, 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 so they won't be getting any more of my money. Spoons, I've agreed, that, like, I've sort of said to myself, like, I won't be spending a penny in there again after they did the same thing. But that's also because the last time I went, I got the shit awfully bad. And then <laughs> the third one, I think, I think Waterstones tried to do the same. So I, I bought myself a Kindle off Amazon. Um, although I know it's a bit hypocritical because Amazon aren't great, but I did buy a Kindle, um, which hasn't been delivered yet, but uh, that's due to come this week. So I'm just going to, I've uh, bit the bullet and I finally bought a Kindle. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, my moral compass is, is not great and also mm. not, not very strong. So I will, I, I don't appreciate what these companies are doing at the moment, but as soon as things are about to you need your off, shit. spending money with them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the lowest price and in terms of sports direct, like you can't be here for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's enough of our, our stupidity of the week. But yeah, I've been doing that. But we wanted to talk about um, because quarantine is making people act in funny ways. And obviously a lot of people who unfortunately are either like unable to work or, or furloughed like you um, have all of a sudden a shitload of time on their hands. And it turns out that humans, or at least like our, like the Western world, is not prepared to have time on its hands and doesn't really understand what to do with it. <laughs> um, so, so like we've been noticing lots of weird things that people are doing, including ourselves maybe. Like I don't know if you started doing weird shit because I have. Um, I, t- I tend to like narrate more things in my head now. I think to because because I'm only spending time the majority of my time with one person I think I'm having more conversations in my head as well um but like I guess the the, last week we spoke about you tried to to stop touching your face as much as possible so still trying that still trying so there's a this is something that I found literally it was it was must have been hours after we finished recording last week that 
astrophysicist gets magnet stuck up nose while inventing a coronavirus device. So there's an Australian astrophysicist that had attempted, well, he'd been admitted to hospital after getting four magnets stuck up his nose in an attempt to invent a device that stops people from touching their face during the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> so in, in considering we're all supposed to be spending time indoors to stop, or like, not to necessarily to stop the virus, but to ease the burden on the NHS and the hospital services and stuff, this fucking moron has managed to get himself admitted to hospital with magnets up his nose. And there's a picture of him on the article I'm reading now, and he looks so unbelievably sorry for himself, and his nose is massively red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just having a look at the link. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at his face. Dr. No, Daniel not... Reardon, a research yeah. fellow at Melbourne University, was building a necklace that sounds an alarm on facial contact when the mishap occurred this past Thursday night. <laughs> so, honestly, it's still pretty fucking cool, though. Like, I agree. Like, that is a if you can do some sort of thing like i put sellotape around the tips of my around the tips of my fingers um, what does that do pretty, well, it's <laughs> stopping me biting my nails oh okay yeah so um yeah and that was stupid because i couldn't type <laughs> <laughs> you get some horrible noises when you are typing yeah and just like yeah typos are plenty which isn't great mm. when you write for a living um yeah so but i don't know I, I quite appreciate what he's trying to achieve there i think he's good you know he looks he looks sad at himself because he realized what he did was is pretty dumb um but at least he, he was, apologetic at least he was yeah exactly now the the idiot that i picked out like isn't smart at all on any level <laughs> he's just a fucking weirdo <laughs> and he joins lots of people like that as well and it's uh British boxer Amir Khan. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing that he shares with lots of, other, well, not lots, but some other people at the moment, um, in thinking that the coronavirus is man-made to control the population while 5G towers are being built. He thinks that 5G is like the devil or something. Um, I don't understand the conspiracy behind 5G. Why is everyone so panicky about what? Was there, did everyone panic like this when 4G was announced? <laughs> I don't know, I don't remember. But I think it's ironic because he films this video using his phone. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> if you're that scared, then probably yeah. don't be doing that, you idiot. But yeah, so he basically thinks that, um, yeah, he thinks that uh, the coronavirus is being spread because people are putting up 5G masks. And he said, coronavirus this, coronavirus that, you're probably getting bored of it, as I am. Do you not think it's anything to do with that 5G and these towers that are going up? It's a man-made thing. It's been put there for a reason. While they test 5G, it might be for population control. Get rid of a lot of us, especially when they say it harms old people. Look at those towers at night time that have been put up, then telling people not to go out. Other people who have expressed their belief in it are Woody Harrison, who I like, but I think he's a bit of a nutter, and that prick from Dancing on Ice, Jason Gardner. Oh, is that the bald, the mean one? Jason, like, hold yeah, on, Jason Gardner. Pers personality vacuum. Australian choreographer. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Like, you're on Dancing on Ice to begin with. Like, that's the lowest of all the fucking reality programs, and that's saying something. And then, yeah, you're just a personality vacuum, mate. Fuck off. Um, so no one intelligent has this, uh, uh, is involved in this conspiracy theory there. <laughs> no, no one at all. Just idiots. But anyway, it's just fun, isn't it? Like, it's a fun thing to be scared of. <laughs> scared of 5G. I personally can't wait for 5G. It's going to be great. Get such high download speeds, we'll be able to watch Bastille gigs from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> In augmented reality. Yeah, what a world. Actually, talking about augmented reality, Georgina and I had some fun this week. 
Oh, and tease it up nicely, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, on Google, if you Google an animal, you're able to see, like, that animal in your space, like, through your phone. Like what? Like what? Any, any animal? Yeah. Yeah, like, search for, like, tiger or dog or cat or whatever, and then you do, like, view 3D, and it will yeah. show you it in your, like, lounge or wherever you are through your phone camera. Oh, that's, that's wicked. To scale, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, so, we're, we're so you can have any animal in your lounge. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's pretty cool. <laughs> we have to give that a go later on. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really what fun. animal did you have in your lounge? Uh, we had a tiger. Oh, nice. And Georgina was just going, that's how, look how big it is compared to our sofa. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, it's big. <laughs> I don't know if it's the scale, but still. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a, that's, that's a fun bit of augmented reality that you can do. But I have a new hobby, talking about idiots in quarantine. I'm going to put myself into this into this bucket because um, I have a new hobby. So I, very few people have been to where I live now, but I am on the fifth floor of a very small, I suppose it's a mid-rise, um, and I look out over normally a fantastic pub, in fact two pubs, um, and then... I also have a Tesco's, a very small Tesco metro in my view, and there's also a very nice square, um, like a, a, I wouldn't call it a park, what would you call it, like a green? Yeah, it's like a small green. A small green, yeah. A communal um, green. Communal green, it's very nice, and uh, it's, n- it's not normally used that extensively, but since obviously quarantine started, it's like been used a lot, but I have a new thing, which is basically looking out my window, sitting there with a, with a glass of red wine normally, um, complaining to Georgina about groups of people mingling. <laughs> um, Are you taking notes on a notepad? <laughs> uh, no, but what I am going to start doing as of Monday is start reporting them to my local police um, Twitter account. So you're going to grass on the people on the grass? <laughs> yes, because I've noticed there's, there's a couple of repeat offenders. Are they like, like uh, I guess you wouldn't know if they live in the same household then. <laughs> Well, no, they don't. I don't think they do because they will walk off in different directions. Okay. And anyway, I'm I'm not interested. Like that, it's the hour of designated time by our dear leadership is for exercise, not sitting around. You can do that in your house. But it's sitting not. It's not friends on the grass. Yeah, it's not an hour outside to enjoy yourself. It's an hour to exercise. There's some guys out there right now. I'm just looking out the window now, and they're doing some. They got like some ropes and stuff set up along the trees and doing pull-ups and stuff. Fine, no problem with that. Good, good luck to them, as long as they're all from the same household group. Um, but yeah, the there's other people those laying down and things like that. Not having that anymore. Going to start reporting them. Yeah, there's like there's live updates now that just said that Matt Hancock has said that if they if, like the British public don't continue to follow the rules or don't follow them up to a more stricter sense, then they'll just ban all outside exercise as well, which. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be keen on, on that necessarily because I, I like I say I, I, the the hour that we've been given, like I've been taken pretty seriously because it's kind of the only hour that we're allowed. Well, it is supposed to be the only hour we're allowed out. So I've been trying to make sure that I make the most of it by sort of running either as far as possible or you know getting the exercise I can whilst I can. So if they ban that as well, I really don't know what we're gonna do. They're gonna end up doing that fucking thing that there was a a Chinese lad in Wuhan that ran a marathon in his living room, did like 80,000 laps <laughs> of his sofa or something like that. So That's nice. I mm. like that. Well, and I was on, yeah. I logged into Strava the other day and there was a, uh, one of the, like an Olympic athlete had done 
like a seven hour ultra marathon or something like that in his back garden and it's just a really scraggly kind of like the map of his run is like someone's just um what was those like gyroscope pen things you used to play with where just like someone had just drawn with a biro just in a circle like a million times oh yeah i know the ones so yeah if we end up doing that yeah exactly that yeah 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 well i know i'm sort of mm, although i agree and like it's nice for people like you who respect the rules but unfortunately there's too many people not to and i think that should be taken away if anything this has proved that the british public are fucking morons for the on the most part and they should be they should all be locked up (laughs) or or, as i said to georgina earlier I like, I've got this new idea, which is like, you know, the slogan at the moment is like, stay inside, protect the NHS, save lives. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have this new thing, which should be stay inside, protect the NHS, or lose your knees. And what I want to do is have. Oh, you can. To come out. And basically, if anyone's caught mingling or sunbathing, they just get mm. shot in the knee um, with, with no um, NHS support. Um, so this goes completely right. This is where we're going to end up at loggerheads here because this goes against a, um, something that an idea that I had. I know it, it's not a workable idea, but it's something that I had the other week. Where if everyone, let's say, we, we we said last week that something like a third or a quarter of the world's population is stuck indoors at the moment, right? So yep. it's most of the Western world, quite a lot of the Eastern world, and blah blah. ISIS have declared that they're not going to carry out any terror attacks during coronavirus because of they'll get affected and blah blah. So do we, no do one, we respect them for that or not? <laughs> no one's really at war at the moment. So what I was thinking of, you take the entire military budget, which is I think at the moment is like fifty billion a year in the UK, you just spend it on the NHS because no one can afford to go to war right now. So you just nah. take the military budget and move it elsewhere. That's what I thought nah. the other day, but I haven't really pa- like planned that thought out and planned it out too far. But I, I don't like that. The NHS has got plenty of money. Does it? I don't think it has. It's yeah. completely extremely underfunded still. And they, they just, I think the other day, didn't they write off £30 million of debt at the NHS, which just suggests that it's underfunded. <laughs> nah, that's fine. They just, um, like in times like this, everyone, everyone's fucked. So they just print money. Like there's enough money to go around. Money, money's just a construct in our minds anyway. It's not even a real thing. Shake so, that magic money tree. Yeah, so they'll just make as most of it as, as ever as our, as our new conservative social government are doing. I like I like the fact after Corbyn bleating on for fucking so long, we've now actually got socialism basically proper proper socialism in place, and it's a conservative government that's doing it. It's great. It's just taken a, a, a taken a huge global <laughs> pandemic to do so. Yeah, but it'd be good when it get it goes it goes again because <laughs> it because it it's not sustainable in the long term. <laughs> um, we all need to go back to work and get and get the capitalist machine moving again. Um, that's what I want to see. Um, yeah, actually, on that point, 25% of the American economy is idle at the moment, according to the Wall Street Journal that I was reading this morning. 25%. Idle, as in no money coming in, no money going out. Yeah, not trading. Which um, is, like, weird when you think about it, because it's actually, like, it's a, it's a large amount, but it's also not, like, as much as I thought it was going to be. So, just an mm. interesting fact, though. <laughs> anyway, I wonder what that is compared to us, but, yeah. Uh, I, I think, I, think uh, I read this week that only 10% of the UK economy is impacted by this. Ten percent. That seems extremely low. Yeah, well, it's probably not a surprise when you think about it. Like, you know, it's mostly frontline, like um, I saw someone describe it. Small businesses and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but pretty much everyone is still trading. Like, the not everyone, obviously, that's a broad statement. But a lot of businesses are still trading. Um, They've just had to adapt how they trade. 
and it was some I read it the other day. It's like you, the there's a lag effect on the economy of this because of the way like you know measures are implemented and how long it takes to shut down certain things. But essentially, like all those businesses that were outside of the immediate like blast radius of the coronavirus, if you treat it like a bomb, are like still you know getting on. You know, obviously, like hospitality industry, um, leisure and tourism. Um, yeah, hotels, cafes, pubs, and stuff—they'll all be like extremely like affected. Yeah, airlines, um, mm. rest- restaurants, like things like that are all like immediate stuff. But in terms of like, you know, look at um, you look at retail businesses, like they're all still thriving for the most part. Like, you know, but they've just shifted their whole business online. Um, you look at all these local like butchers and stuff like that; they're still trading. You look at the suppliers to. Um, restaurants and suppliers to pubs they're still trading um because they just switched their um model and now are serving like direct to consumer rather than to um businesses so i I think it's actually like you'd be some construction work still going on um yeah i'm not going to go for everything but yeah it's actually not (laughs) that much like you, you think it's just like the people i know who have been who have been impacted are self employed tradesmen obviously um which is which is a shame but kind of understandable um you know like i just saw someone earlier on a facebook group for where we live looking for a plumber and they just couldn't find any work in but that's fine because you don't want to be going to people's houses and stuff during this time do you no, um, so like that makes sense um obviously people other people i know who work in um like the tourism industry or like things that serve the tourism industry um and you know you, you for example your um essentially leisure right for the most part. yeah i'd say the the job i do i guess is yeah it would be classed as the leisure industry so but yeah i think it's just stagnating businesses at the moment yeah but i think it's a lot a lot of it's self-employed people obviously and a lot of it's just um and, and things like sport media and tv like all of those obviously um ground to hold but you know a lot of things are still able to able to move but so yeah 10 percent apparently there you go <laughs> anyway from one intelligent topic onto another our reading homework so last week we set ourselves the see i don't think we i don't know if we actually set ourselves this live on the thing though <laughs> i think we talked about this either before or afterwards oh okay well e- either way at some point we talked about reading we're going to do some reading stuff and then we're going to report back to you it's like a book club um but with just us so we decided at some point, whenever it was last week, to read a book called Deadliest Enemy, Our War Against Killer Germs by a scientist called Michael Osterholm. Um, he actually was on Joe Rogan's podcast not so long ago, which is in, it, it's superior to ours. Um, I'd recommend going listening to it at some point um, and say that we sent you there. Um, yeah, it's an excellent but, interview. It's like an hour and a half long, I think. Yeah, and there's another good one as well with uh, another scientist, um, Thomas Holtz, I think his name is. That it was right. it came up earlier last week. Again, very interesting. Um, he's like actively working on a, a vaccine for coronavirus, and it's quite interesting um, with with what he's saying and, and the different types of uh, misinformation stuff that I'd recommend listening to that as well. But this book um, is is fairly recent, actually. I can't. Um, it's twenty twenty seventeen. I think it was. It was published in twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. I'm not sure, not sure exactly when it was written. I imagine it was written around that time, but yeah, published. The, the copy that yeah, I've yeah. got said published 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. So it's it's actually like 
a really good book. Um, it's very well written for a sciencey book. It's quite a page turner. Um, it's kind of like it uses um, rather than being like high high science, it more uses like anecdotes and you know tells real stories and stuff like that. But chapter thirteen of this book um, is very very interesting. It's uh, all about SARS and MERS, which is kind of the same thing, um, just different names for where they originated. Um, but they're all coronaviruses, basically, which is the broad name for respiratory these kind of, yeah, these like respiratory diseases. diseases. Um, and Liam, tell me what you thought about it, because we only read chapter thirteen because it's quite a long book. But chapter thirteen, um, I'll just give you a title: is SARS and MERS, harbingers of things to come. And this was in twenty seventeen. And um, the the quote at the top is, "And the dawn comes up like thunder out of China across the bay," which is a, a Rudyard Kipling, um, Kipling quote but quite um interesting given what's happening so so what were your thoughts yeah so i think well because i i downloaded well, essentially i downloaded the audiobook um and listened to it whilst i was cooking so um i think the first thing that does strike you is obviously the quote starts with an illusion that something is going to come from china and if you watch the interview as well he's quite um sort of outspoken about the fact that he was able not to necessarily predict it but he thought that something in the next few years would come from China that would do this and, and then he ex kind of explains why he thinks that China would be somewhere that a huge infectious disease could sweep the global population from and it's to do with the fact that China has a huge population a food supply that's kind of all sorts of wildlife and all different meats and veggie and whatever like from all, all over the place it's all sold in the same place in these massive like wet markets they're called um and mm -hmm. then sort of there's just a huge congestion of the population in these giant cities as well so like wuhan was like six six million people something like that and then like the greater areas are like 15 million people and like it could take just one kind of super spreader to catch on to this strange disease or like any new strange disease from an animal and then there just could be some kind of boom within weeks because people are so close together and i think it's strange that how this was published in 2017 and that's kind of exactly what happened just over two years later, I guess. <clears throat> Completely. And it's not, you know, it's what I I took away was like, we knew this was coming um, or like we should have known this was coming. It seems like a lot of people in the know either should have or did know it was coming and either did nothing or chose to do nothing. Yeah. Well, one of the big issues is funding because, you know, and I think, I think maybe the same will happen again after this, but potentially not given how big the impact's been, but yeah. people in the immediate aftermath are like, quick, let's do a, uh, let's do a vaccine. Like we need to invest money into this, but then they're like, oh, actually it doesn't really make much money. Um, there's, it's not, it's not a problem right now. So let's focus on more shit that's going to make us money because yeah. the farmer industry is like a money making machine. Right. Um, but so we'll see, but that kind of like come out. But one of the things that really struck me was like, there was a, a line which says, in expressing report in China forfeited a critical opportunity to contain the disease in its earliest stage and later apologized to the World Health Organization. Now talk about things like repeating themselves. It very much seems like that's what's happening again. Like all the latest like stuff coming out of China is basically, they've completely- They tried to hide it, numbers. I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. So it seems like something, something similar, in an anecdotal way to explain what happened, I guess, would be the similar, if anyone watched Chernobyl, the TV series earlier, I guess it was, it was late last year, I think it was on TV, wasn't it? So when that happened, I guess the Soviet government tried to shut, like, shut everything down and keep it all under wraps to avoid embarrassment. It kind of seems like that's what China tried to do this time around. Yeah, 
because of the way their government works. Yeah, and it's what they've done before as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's crazy. And it's like there was this um, talking about, like, the economic losses of it and stuff. It said that... So this, the original SARS epidemic wasn't actually that devastating. Like, not that many people died and not that many people got infected because it wasn't massively transmittable. Um, and you kind of had to be in quite close proximity to people to do it. And, you know, for some reason, it was just caught quite quickly. Um, so, like, in Canada, like, 44 people died out of 438 probable cases. And globally, the estimated mortality was 916. Um, it was quite high, though. It was, like, 11% of those infected. And But you think now, how many people are infected worldwide? Like, 250,000? So yeah. Like, I mean, you, you get about 1,000 dead a day these days, like, with this. Exactly. So this is like, this is exponentially more potent and not more deadly. Like I think when the actual mortality rate comes out, I think it will be sub 1% um, because the numbers also, I think are a bit weird at the moment because they're counting people who have got like, you know, underlying health conditions. Like if someone's got, you know, cancer that's terminal and then they die of, if they, they catch this and die, like, should that be a COVID death or not? I don't know. The, The stats will bear that out later on, but you know, so it's probably nowhere near as deadly. But what I was interested in is like the World Bank estimated the SARS epidemic caused an estimated $54 billion economic loss worldwide. Um, most of this figure was not from direct care costs, but from an aversion behavior on part of the public. So you think how much, that, I mean, that was a, a relatively small um, epidemic compared to this one. Like imagine how much the numbers are going to be for this. They're going to be exponentially like, bigger. Yeah. Because I think we yeah. the, the the British the British government I guess put out like a three hundred and thirty billion package just to cover the employment costs. So that's obviously that's already I'm not great at maths. So <laughs> fifty four billion yeah. to three hundred thirty billion, and then you add on that's just the British government. So yeah, and then that's that's now as well. Like you know, this yeah. like uh, like the aversion behaviour and part of the public being a reason like for the. Um, economic loss as well so like it'd be interesting to see how quickly people bounce back and like whether or not people stop going abroad um, you know whether or not people stop visiting pubs and you know public gatherings generally like just become something that people shy away from yeah I was talking to um, my partner Claire the other day actually about it about how sort of whether what people's behavior going to be like on the other side of this so whether people are still going to be in involved in the whole social distancing thing once this all comes to an end I think people's behavior will change not everyone but a lot of people's behavior will change and even if it's just you see supermarket lines get that bit longer because people are sort of distancing themselves a bit more from the person in front and the person behind them yeah I think there's going to be a conscious thought to stay just a bit further away from people (laughs) yeah potentially potentially because this is this has been such a highly like spreadable disease like, i mean i don't know whether there was a um statistic about a guy uh okay it was a, a barman in norway that sort of showcased exactly how quickly and undetected this virus can spread because in the, in norway there was a bartender who showed up to work not realizing he was sick for a whole week and they managed to trace back 500 cases of the virus to him mm. from that one just a one just one bartender turning up in norway so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was like in Canada with the first SARS like epidemic. Like I think it was forty percent of all cases were traced back to this one guy who came from Hong Kong or like right. been visiting Hong Kong. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it will be interesting. And then to see 
a couple of other paragraphs I highlight that were really interesting. So a lot of it talks about MERS, which is like something that comes from camels. It's a similar respiratory disease. It's a lot more, it's, it's, it's less infectious, but quite deadly. Um, and it's primarily in the Middle East because of, because uh, of um, obviously camels are highly yeah. priced. In Proximity to camels, yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're eaten quite extensively as well. But there was, um, so once this SARS um, epidemic was extinguished in, in 2003, the first SARS epidemic, there was uh, two studies afterwards because basically people thought like, yeah, we're done. It's not going to happen again. And this paragraph is quite telling. It said two recent studies support that conclusion. So this was 2017. So let's just say they were like 2010 to 2017. Um, and two recent studies supported that conclusion. Bats sampled in China and Taiwan were found to be carrying a coronavirus that was genetically almost identical to the SARS virus and that any day could be transmitted to another animal species that has substantial human contact. What happened in Guangdong province in China in 20, uh, 2002 and 2003 could happen all over again if one of those bat virus infects humans, most likely via another infected animal. We can't for a moment believe that the SARS virus obituary has been written. So essentially so what he's saying is that they predict they they basically predicted what's happened over the past six months about three years ago. Yeah, like it was yeah. obvious this was going to happen at some point. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's the that's the book review. Basically, this shit, like people knew about it, but there's not enough money in making vaccines and sort of public health um, efforts. Yeah, because to go against it that was the outcome of the book race or that chapter at least yeah well the, the chapter ended i think from what i took from the end of the chapter anyway it said that like the last time there was such there was such an outbreak like vaccines weren't necessarily funded by the government they were funded by private companies and then these private companies were left with such a huge bill that they thought was going to they, they could reclaim it from the government who just they for whatever reason they they didn't end up funding the vaccine so they were left with this huge bill which left all these private companies pretty sore and less likely to fund research into a new vaccine, which then leaves the burden on the governments whose interest in these diseases basically waned and they weren't all that interested in or likely to find to fund research into a vaccine themselves, which just seems like a massive dereliction of duty on on all sides because now you've got you've got a virus, no one funding a vaccine. And it's kind of just like if you were to do that, if you were to look into all these sort of specific viruses and try and fund vaccines, it's like insurance for your house. Like I got burgled two years back. We paid insurance. Mm -hmm. We got all of our stuff back. But if we hadn't, like if we'd never, which, which like when the sort of, when the burglary happened, when the kind of disaster struck, we were fine. But if we'd never paid insurance, we would have never got our stuff back, that kind of thing. So you kind of pay these incremental costs to fund a vaccine so that hopefully you never have to use it. But if you do, you're prepared for it. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. And the actual like cost of doing that would be much lower than like the stimulus and, and things like that now. Um, exactly. You wouldn't have to pay £330 billion out of the taxpayer's pocket. Like if in the interview, the author said that, like, imagine if every time there was a 999 call, we had to build a fire engine. That's kind of what it's like when these diseases come along. Like, you shouldn't really, every time you need one, you shouldn't then immediately fund up, like pour loads of money into social distancing measures and blah 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 you should already have fu like funded partly a vaccine yeah. <laughs> and i think there was some i think my ceo like had some really interesting stats that he gave on this in this call that he did um last week that i listened into and i'm gonna butcher it um so i can only apologize but i'm sure he said that it would cost so the u.s like implemented two two trillion dollar stimulus package last week and i'm sure he said that the the cost to 
have manufactured and held um, enough respirators to, like, for the worst case scenario, um, would have been 1% of that. Um, so there's like a real lack of like forward thinking and um, like aversion to spending money now, but then it really is biting governments like at this point. Yeah. I think you just need to treat these things like as if you're paying for house insurance or car insurance or life insurance. You just treat it as a small payment that you make every month so that you are prepared for something disastrous to happen rather than act so reactively to something awful. Yeah. Agreed. So what's going to be our our homework for next week? Actually, I'll I'll let you tell me that offline because you probably it's your turn to pick. Okay, I'll think I'll think up some ideas and then we'll bring it to next week. Nice. Right. So moving on from all the intelligent chat, and there are far more intelligent people out there than me and Liam. We're just reciting what the experts said. Go and listen to <laughs> go and listen to Rogan and listen to some of his interviews. They're enlightening. Um. So coping, me- coping me- mechanisms coping mechanisms when stuck indoors with a partner. Now, I'll caveat by that by saying we're both very lucky that we're not stuck by ourselves, um, that we're, you know, we do have someone for company. But, you know, at times it can be spending such a long period of time just cooped up with one person can stress even the strongest bonds between people. And I'm not saying that's happening in my household or your household because I don't think it is. But still, no, luckily, um, luckily, we're both doing just fine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're enjoying ourselves here. Um, so I actually quite like, as I keep saying, quite like this whole world we're in right now. It's quite fun. So, but this is not the same for everybody. So in China, um, over 300 couples filed for divorce um, after quarantine. And I think that was just in, oh, fuck, I just stabbed myself with a scissors. I think that was just in Wuhan, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Well, it's, it says the, the so we've got an article up from the Daily Mail that says over 300 couples have scheduled appointments to get divorced since February 24th. Um, said Lu Shi Jin, the manager of a marriage registry in Daju, Sichuan province of southwestern China. So, yeah, this is statistics coming from China that immediately after the quarantines were lifted, the quarantine protocols yeah. were lifted there, a bunch of couples were just like, yeah, fuck this, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine that will happen here as well. Like, I can imagine there'll be plenty of. Uh... Straining relationships, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you see a lot of couples that seem like they don't really like each other, not 100% sure why they're spending time with each other. And now they're forced so, to get on. I think there's yeah. <laughs> there's a few people that, like, I don't, how on earth do you get away with having an affair in this climate? Like, imagine all, all the people out here that were in the middle of affairs and now, <laughs> they're, stuck now they're with like, their oh. real wife and then they can't see their bit on the side. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Who knows? Yeah, that's a whole thing that's been destroyed. Um, maybe when we go to our what bits of normal life are you missing? Hopefully that's neither of our answers. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm missing my affair. Um, so anyway, we thought we'd talk about what coping mechanisms we're using or other people are using to, um, you know, get through this period when you're stuck in close proximity with one person. It doesn't have to necessarily be a partner. It could be family. It could be a housemate. Yeah friends because i've seen like groups of friends that have like moved in together um and that looks like chaos um so liam what's uh what's your coping mechanism i think i think we have tried to find a nice balance between stuff to do together and also stuff to do independently so we've obviously got like our bits and pieces that we do independently. So Claire has a puzzle and I've got like, I've got football manager that I play for a few, well, way too many hours a day, more than I should be playing. Um, and then like during the sort of nine to five work day, 
we separate ourselves in different rooms so that we've got a desk in either room um and then we each pop in every now and again and offer the other sort of tea and coffee and stuff like that but then in the evenings once five o'clock hits that's when we can kind of do stuff together so we've been getting through quite a lot of box sets we've smashed through um the world according to jeff goldblum which we talked about last week on disney plus we've currently we've just finished season one of killing eve which is something that we put on the back burner for ages and finally got through we watched all of tiger king which i have texted you about and i know you haven't watched yet but i'm hoping by next week we can actually really talk about tiger king <laughs> because yeah, i need I, I feel like we really need to talk about that um yeah so i think we've just been trying to find a balance between like i'll go off i'll go off and cook and then we'll come back and we'll have dinner together and stuff like that and then i'll go up and do the washing up and in, in between that like claire can do kind of whatever she wants like on her own and it's just try, just trying to strike a balance between not spending every single minute together but also enjoying the time that everyone like we've been given this sort of time and I've said this to her and I'll say this to sort of anyone that I've really enjoyed the fact that we've been kind of given this we've sort of just been given time together <laughs> which is quite nice yeah I don't know about you no, I don't I know if you're finding the same so yeah, yeah I mean we're, uh, we're lucky in the sense that both of us are obviously still working so and we're both pretty flat out with various stuff so you know I, I work from most days I'm working in from eight till half seven at night um that's a long so, old day you've got a break in the middle yeah right? uh yeah like with bits of yeah some breaks but not like long breaks I'm just I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just very busy at the moment um <laughs> so which is good like I'm not complaining um because I don't think I'd be as good if I didn't have much else to do. But like, I, I prefer work weekdays because it gives me a bit of purpose. So that's quite nice. Um, so we're both like working flat out. And so then it's just normal, really. Like then, just in the evenings, like during the week, it's just normal. Like I don't see really any difference to before, um, which is quite nice. And then weekends, um, yeah, weekends. Uh, you know, again, there's kind of just enjoying enjoying the time like I, i've been approaching this from day one as like it is what it is you can't do anything about it and i'll i'm consistent with this to whoever i speak to like you have no choice um, yeah i've been i've been trying to do so, exactly the same thing like trying to treat it as this is something that we've been told to do so just embrace it and the fact that i mean i'm never going to get this amount of time sort of paid not to do work again so like i'm trying to treat it as an opportunity rather than something that's been taken away i know it's not the same for everyone but i myself i'm just trying to like this is what we have to do so just kind of embrace it as much as possible yeah exactly if you're in a fortunate position where you know you don't have kids and you know you are able to then not much has changed and just yeah embrace it just enjoy it don't start thinking about things you can't have just focus on what you can have and you know put some time aside to do those things you've always wanted to do um but sort of never had the time so yeah i mean that's like that's our overall coping mechanism i think and like is what i always say but i have noticed that georgina and i have got like these little things that we we've started doing so george is a massive fan of like playing the playstation um and just and just computer games in general so she every now and again i'll be doing the cleaning or something or you know sit around and she'll come up to me it's like because the playstation's everything's in my name and through my bank card she's like James, can can I can I order a new game? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, it's fine. Just just pay me the money for it. That's fine. So uh, so yeah, that, that's my like. Let her have as many games as she wants. <laughs> um, so so that's that. And but I've noticed also she has an interesting technique of like, whenever she like wants to play the game, she kind of tries to put me to sleep. Um, so I, I'm a sucker for like a blanket, and as soon as I've got a blanket over me, I generally fall asleep quite quickly. 
so I noticed yesterday, like she um she she's <laughs> she's like made a little nest for me on the sofa. I was like, come on, come in here. <laughs> so I did. And Tucks then you in, I fell, read your little and story. Then I fell in, and then I fell asleep. And then low bold, I woke up and she was playing The Sims. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sure it's part of this grand scheme she's got going on of uh, of keeping me asleep. But yeah, that's um that's uh, no, it's that's quite quite the opposite in our house. Last weekend, um, I think it was on the Sunday. Yeah, it was on the Sunday. Um, Claire was sort of really hungover, so I put her like kept putting her back to bed and just said, like, "I'll get you teas and coffees and whatever, and just make sure you you feel better and tuck her back in." But then I'd go back and I'd go in the lounge and I'd just spend I spent like nine to ten hours on foot manager that day, and it was just like, "I'm going to go do this if you go back to bed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that's it. I think like in terms of coping mechanisms, it's, it's, yeah. all, it's all it's all pretty normal. Just you know, take it each day as it comes. It's all going to be fine. Exactly. Um, but obviously there are things that we're missing we're all missing things um i am missing live sport um see i'm not missing live sport as much as i thought i would though um i thought i'd be far more sort of yeah sort of gagging for any kind of smidgen of yeah live football of ice hockey even the olympics was going to be this year so i was looking forward to that but I found that because sort of BT Sport are showing a lot of sort of big match revisited and um, the highlights packs and all sort of old documentaries, like I can survive for a bit longer on just old sport. Like I really don't need that much. I know, I know that I think it's either tonight or tomorrow night they're showing um, BT Sport are showing like an old Champions League game from 98, 99 season. Like I'll be fine just watching that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not that like, for me, like the actual... It's the going to the like, games and stuff, is that? Yeah, I miss that. But also just, yeah. like, I, I basically, I structure a lot of my life around it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I look forward to 12 o'clock on a Friday afternoon when Harlequin, the Harlequins team for the weekend's announced. And I look forward to, um, like, Sunday mornings so I can watch the UFC. And, um, you know, they're just little, like, little pleasures that I give myself. Like, my pleasures in life are going to watch Quins and watching the UFC. Like, that's what I enjoy doing. Like, they are my two pleasures in life. Um and like can't do them but that's not the, the, the kind of i'm missing them but like i'm not missing them like dearly dearly because i know they'll it come will, back but... yeah it will get to a point for me where i am sort of itching to see some just any any sort of live sport kickoff i think the first the first bath city game that i'm allowed to go to once it's all over is going to be absolutely packed to the rafters i can tell um yeah. and i'm looking forward to that but just as and when that comes around and i'm also just looking forward to like you know live sport being on the tv again um you know just saying Something new and different to watch, and like, yeah, I, like been... being, I, I like all the narratives that go around it, like the stories. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think there's there's been a lot of ideas sort of mooted around. Um, I guess how they're going to finish the Premier League season, and one of them has been that all the teams sort of converge on the Midlands in these kind of World, St- World Cup style camps, and all the games are played out in this sort of one month period where you get nine games a day on TV, all broadcast live. If that does happen, I'll, I'll lap that up. Without a doubt, but <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. But I'm just there. Uh, I think at the moment I'm I'm doing just I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. But it it might be that if you come back to me in two weeks' time, I might be climbing the walls. So <laughs> that's true. Um, but just play it by ear. The other thing I really miss is I miss going to the pub on a Sunday and having a roast dinner. Um, that's what I miss. Yeah, I think that's how I can get behind. I think the the first the first night out that everyone is allowed after this. Again, pubs are just going to be absolutely rammed from wall to wall, people. So, 
spreading the coronavirus around again. Yeah. So we'll have to go back into quarantine a couple of weeks after. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be that super spike again. That we all get let outside and then we're all told to go back indoors. This is why we can't yeah. have nice things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not allowed nice things. Is there anything no. else that you miss? The only thing, the, one of the only things I've found that I'm missing at the moment is just looking in the mirror every day and seeing the fact that my hair has grown out to an awful state. I just feel like I need to go to the barbers. Like my, my barber, like I think I, ha- I had my hair cut shortly before, a couple of weeks before we all got put on lockdown. But my hair grows quite fast and it grows out quite quickly. So um, I feel like I need to go back. Miss the, ma- miss the man. I need a grade one all over the back and sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I- I'm, I'm interested in seeing what my hair is going to look like at the end of all this. Yeah, just go, just grow it out as much as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, it's gonna... Either that or shave it off. That's what I've been thinking. This is the only time we're going to be able to do it. So, yeah, yeah make it look however you fancy. Yeah, it's all right at the moment. I'm just looking at the mirror now. It's an okay length. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll give it a couple of weeks. We might put some pictures in a couple of weeks on the uh, on the Twitter channel. Do you follow some, us, Liam? Some before What's and after. <laughs> oh, What's the... the... Fucking hell, what is our thing? It's been so long since we've done this. All right, one second. It is at show and tell underscore pod. If you've got any ideas of shit that you want us to talk about, or I don't know, if you've got anything to say about today's show, at show and tell underscore pod, tweet us. We don't get many tweets, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us some does. shit you want to hear from us. We might start yeah. introducing some segments soon, which will require far more sort of audience participation. So we'll have a think over the week and then, yeah, get in contact. We, don't, we did have an email address, but... I don't know what it is. So. <laughs> yeah, just just do us on Twitter. Yeah, get at us. Yeah, and also send pictures of people people um, being groups as well. Oh yeah, grass up people on our Twitter account. Yeah, grass them up. I'm gonna, like I said, my local police policing district Twitter account is gonna start getting some messages from me. I actually saw someone tweeted them during this show. With a video of like people hanging around my local area, so that was cool. Yeah, I'd just bombard your local police station with these grifters <laughs> are out again on the green outside. Yeah, as a parting thought, though, I was thinking this the other day. Um, it'll be interesting to see what crime rates are like once this Wait, is all like up or down, or what after yeah. this. Yeah, like d- yeah, during okay. this period. So, like not after yeah. it's over, like during yeah. this period. Like, will you know? Will crime? I'm going to check my local local areas crime report and see what yeah, you have to think that happening. burglaries have gone way down during this so they're going to shoot back up again everyone goes out and then everyone gets burgled <laughs> yeah and like what about like assault and stuff like that obviously i know there's some worrying like reports about domestic yeah. violence but like in terms of you know gbh and things like that outside i wonder if that's a problem because you know, if people aren't out then they shouldn't be fighting right mm. a grim parting thought from james there <laughs> It is, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to bring it down. We won't, we won't <laughs> talk about it anymore. But yeah, I just wonder what the crime rates would be. But anyway, we'll On be that back. note. Yeah, we'll be back next week to chat more shit about stuff that's been going on. Um, in More pseudo-intellectual chat from us. Yeah, also it'll be week three. We'll have an update from the government this week about how long this is going to last for, like whether it will be extended, which it will, obviously. But yeah, so, we'll give yeah, our take. More exciting thing. Yeah, All more right. exciting things to talk about. But do get in contact. Liam told you the Twitter. I forgot it already. But um, at show and tell underscore pod. Yeah, and we'll see you all soon. Take care. See you. Bye.